Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. Welcome back to the Gospel for Life. Uh, once again, we're here without Josh in the studio, but I think he'll be joining us again tomorrow, so that's good news for us, and I'm assuming good news for you as well. Um, so we've been talking about the relationship between church and state. Today we want to look at well, how political should pastors be, how political should churches be, um, how much should pastors say things from the pulpit? How much should pastors and churches be involved as activists or engage in protests or signing petitions? Or, you know, how much should we be doing voter drives? Um, so that's a whole lot of questions right there in a very short amount of time. So where do you guys land on the role of pastors, churches, as they engage in political issues and and elections and all of the rest, well, I think I said uh, the other, um, you know, in one of our other programs that uh, you know I, I'm not one of these political pastors that will put out the uh, voting guide on the back table. Um, I'm not I'm not preaching politics from the pulpit. In you know, although we do. Um, we do put our finger in the text. We we hold our hand in the Bible, and we will bring out uh, moral responsibilities of all peoples, and particularly the people of God. Very famous quote that I know you guys will be familiar with, and maybe our listeners too. Very famous quote from a Reformed uh, guy who very unique life. He was both a Reformed theologian and a politician, Abraham Kuyper. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kuiper once uh, famously said, "There is not one square inch of all creation where Jesus Christ does not stake his claim and say mine." Mm-hmm. And so, are, are should pastors be political? Absolutely, because there's not one square inch of of our reality where Jesus Christ doesn't stake his claim. Uh, our God is sovereign over all things, so God is sovereign over our political lives as well. Uh, What I think, what what I personally believe pastors should absolutely avoid is partisan politics. And Mm -hmm. so that's I'm going to say a hearty amen uh, to what Jonathan just said. I don't like putting voter guides out. Um, Here's here's how you ought to vote. Um, I, I studiously in my preaching, try to avoid partisan politics, uh, but where where God's word where God's word speaks to uh, contemporary situations, where God's word speaks to uh, issues that touch on the political. Heck, yes, I'm go- I'm going to go there. 
uh, but I seek to go there in a way that communicates the message of God's word, and not in a partisan way that said that takes a that takes a partisan side. Um, I I think that that just creates more heat than light, and uh, in is uh, is it, frankly is unfaithful to the gospel. It it makes an absolute. We we also in faithfulness to the gospel. We don't want to make absolutes out of um, contemporary political well, issues. Well, we we understand that there is a Christian worldview about. Um, marriage, the home, Absolutely. about uh, you know, about the church, about government. There is a Christian Absolutely. worldview about those things, you and bet. so it's not political to bring out what the Bible says about those things. Yes, and that's why I say we put our finger in the text and let the te- the text becomes the relevant issue rather than yes. uh, you know this particular person running for government or that person running for government. The text becomes the issue. The text becomes right. the relevant thing. Right. I mean, you're going to work through passages of Scripture that are going to touch on human sexuality, are going to talk about issues of life, are going to mm-hmm. talk about issues of race, are going to talk about the whole idea of how we are to engage with the government. Well, we've just hit most of the hot-button issues of the day. I mean, should there be protests in the street where there's there's looting? Should, you know, how do we respond to racial yeah, thou um, shalt not steal doesn't mean thou shalt not steal from the poor man. It means thou shalt not steal from anyone. Yeah, and I mean, so, so looting's we, wrong. <laughs> we deal with the hot button issues of the day not because we're looking to, but we're also we aren't looking not to. Mm-hmm. So when I'm right. preaching through a text and it deals with race race relations, well, just because that's a hot political button of the day, I'm not going to avoid the topic because I don't want to quote unquote be involved in politics. Well, yeah, this is the thing when we're when we're preaching, and this is how the gospel works. Um, you know, when if a tragedy strikes, you know the you know oftentimes the question is, what do I say regarding this tragedy? Well, hopefully, I've said all the things already regarding those things. You know, I, you know, to say to somebody, "Well, all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to His purpose." That's not a panacea statement. That's not. That's a statement we need to have drilled down into us early on, so then uh, we understand. You know that the, you know this. You know the present sufferings work toward a far greater weight and glory that they, there's a, there's a way in which we address those things as a prequel to things happening. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, if we're going to preach and we have to go to uh, our newsfeed in order to be able to say something, then we're not preaching the gospel. Yeah. We actually need to be doing that first. Yes. I had an interesting conversation, not too terribly long, actually several. One was somebody saying that I needed to be more political from the pulpit. So I found that to be interesting. And then the second one was somebody said to my wife, your husband um, isn't very political. And um, (laughs) it's fascinating to me. I I was a high school teacher for 15 years and I taught AP American government. I lived and ate and breathed politics. I spent all of my days in the classroom keeping up on 
politicians and current policies and and legal trends and all of the rest so I could be highly engaged in my classroom. And so it's funny to me that somebody says he's not very political. But the reason I'm not very political, and my wife's response was, he holds his political cards pretty close to his chest. Mm -hmm. Because, and the reason is, I never want to undermine my role as a gospel minister. Yes. That I, if I'm going to offend somebody, I want to offend them because of the gospel, not because of a political stance that I took. Yes. And I never want to undermine my ability to communicate the gospel to somebody because of a political stance that I took. And yeah. so um, that doesn't mean I don't have strong opinions on political issues and political parties and elections and all of the rest. I have very strong opinions. You bet. You just don't, won't know them because I don't want them to jeopardize my gospel ministry. Yeah, I've, I've always said, I, I would hope, and I've been preaching to some of the same people for over 30 years now, but I've always said that I like to hope that the people that go to my church will continually wonder about what political party I'm affiliated with. <laughs> and uh, because I don't want that to come through in my preaching. And I think, I think there's a, this is one of those things, like so many other, so many other issues, um, there's a, there's a narrow road of discipleship, and it has a dangerous ditch on either side. Mm-hmm. On one side of that narrow path, we can fall into the ditch of partisanship and become a, a, a religious voice for a particular political party or cause. And what we're doing when we do that is we're actually not preaching the gospel. We're actually not preaching God's word. We're we're taking a political position and dressing it up with Bible language and preaching it as God's truth. Mm-hmm. Then on the other side of that, there's a dangerous ditch um, of completely spiritualizing where we ignore contemporary issues, where we, we, we ignore uh, matters of morality in the, in the public square and matters of truth, matters of biblical truth in the public square, and we just ignore it and preach this spiritualized, purely spiritualized gospel, so-called gospel, that's completely divorced from everyday life as it's lived in our country. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's, a false, that's a false road, too, because then you're going to ignore so much of what God's God's word tells us about uh, the way of life that honors God and the morality that honors God. And you're just going to avoid that and preach this spiritualized message. Well, well in between that is the, is the narrow road of faithfulness to God's word, which preaches the gospel. And I say, well, I want to say amen to what Russ said. If I'm going to give offense, let, the, let it be the gospel that gives offense. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and let's be faithful, you get back to what Jonathan said, what does the text say? And not only what, is it, what did it mean then, but how does it speak to our world today? And I think we just have to be careful that we don't give the impression that we think that our salvation is going to be found in a political party or a political figure. Um, I mean, Psalm 146 says, put not your trust in princes, in a son of man in whom there is no salvation. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I never want to give the impression to my congregants that somehow I'm putting my trust in something outside of God. Yes. Yeah. 
He's my defender. He's my deliverer. He's the one in which I trust and look to and depend upon. And I don't want to give the impression ever that somehow it's in government or a political party or a political person that I'm basing my my salvation in. Amen, Russ. Um, there, there's, there is a lot, and I see it so much in today's world, and you see it in the secular world, and also, unfortunately, you see it in the church, a lot of political messianism, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that the, this particular politician is going to be our Messiah, is going to be our Savior. And if this guy gets elected, or if this guy doesn't get elected, uh, you know, all is lost. And, and if, if, if he is elected, all is, all is grand and all is wonderful. And if he doesn't get elected, all is lost. Well, come on. That, that person, no matter how much you may admire that person, is not our Savior. Yeah. I've been in ministry almost as long as Phil has. And, you know, we've, you can look back over the past, you know, through election cycles of, you know, people's uh, excitement or a disappointment over an elected official. And then they want us as pastors to make a statement about, you know, things. And that the, the very, passage that you quote in the Psalms, Russ, is, is, you know, we don't trust in in princes and horses. We trust in the Lord God. Yes. He's still in control, and this is the thing that we need to communicate. Yes. Uh, it, it is true that um, when, we, when we proclaim God's Word, I'm not sure that people don't know the positions that I hold um, or can't assume who I might vote for because there are certain things that, you know, that might come out in that preaching. I can't preach through Psalm 139 without, without uh, making some statement about you know the fact that we're created in in our mother's womb, and there's uh, that you know this is a situation about abortion. Um, so I, you know, there's Christians do have a worldview. They mm-hmm. do have a they have their they should have their fingers in the text. That will affect us. And the that's a, a moral. Those are moral stances, just like secular ha- humanism is a moral view. It's a religion in itself. Um, if we are faithful to the Word of God, we're going to come out one place or the other. Yeah. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. 